Hello everyone and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. And of course, this is a very special episode because it is the first Thursday episode and it is going to be previewing all of my favorite matchups and best bets of Week 7's action. We're going to jump straight into it and we're going to start off with some matchups to look out for and then finish this pod off with my best bets. So going straight into one of my favorite matchups we got this week is of course Derrick Henry versus that awful putrid Chiefs defense right now. If you guys listened to my last pod on Tuesday, you guys heard me. I'm banging the table right now for Derrick Henry's MVP race to start getting attention, to start get that thing rolling. If they win this game and he gets, you know, 100 yards rushing plus, you know, maybe a couple touchdowns on top of there, which are very strong possibilities right now with how the Chiefs defense is just playing absolutely awful football, as I mentioned, then I think we need to start hearing more people give him the credit he deserves. As we all know, he's the king. He's honestly not really arguably the best running back in the league right now, and a lot of people are aware of that. But again, I just want to get that MVP race going. It's also worth mentioning the last time these two teams met uh, was 2020's AFC Championship game. And that was where the Chiefs actually played Derrick Henry very, very well. Sure, it was a very different Chiefs defense. They had a lot more players available to them and there wasn't as many injuries on that side of the ball. But it is notable saying that Chris Jones is supposed to be coming back this week which I think is going to be extremely helpful who knows if he's 100% but even 80% of Chris Jones is just an absolute stud he's obviously one of the best defensive tackles in the league if not the second best behind Aaron Donald and I could see a lot of different things happening here so don't forget to count out those Chiefs but I'm just saying it's a very strong possibility that Derek could go for 100 more, could get a rushing touchdown, and particularly if they win this game, this could have not only huge AFC implications, but it could have huge implications for the MVP race as well. So definitely a matchup you guys want to look out for. Uh, I believe the over-under for his rushing total is 125, which in my opinion is just a very generous number. Again, because of what I said earlier, the way they were able to slow him down in that 2020 AFC Championship game, I don't know if that's a bet I'd be looking to touch. But again, if he does go over that, it's not like I'm going to be necessarily surprised. It's just something to look out for and whatever you guys are comfortable with. It's not, this isn't advice. I'm just saying that number is really high right now. So obviously Vegas thinks he's going to run for a shit ton of yards. Another matchup that's actually tonight, if you guys are listening to this on Thursday, is going to be the Browns versus the Broncos. Um, I talked about the Browns a lot in my last podcast. As a lot of us know, they're very beat up right now. They have been very snake-bitten with injuries recently, and they really, really are really desperate for a win if they want to keep up with Baltimore and even Cincinnati in their own division. On the flip side, uh, a lot of that same goes for the Broncos obviously they have a lot of good teams in their division they have to keep up with they do have a few injuries here and there but that's not nearly the same concern as we see with the Browns it's more so that they just have to keep up with teams like like we know the Chargers the Raiders the Chiefs and right now the AFC West and the AFC North are possibly looking like two of the best divisions in football especially with Russell Wilson and the NFC West getting injured and that's looking a lot more weak than it was so again this this game is just going to have huge implications for the future huge implications for AFC playoff pictures and again the Browns are three and three right now and 
Sure, there are other teams that are 3-3 three and three and we still have a lot of hope in, and I still think there's a lot of hope in this Browns fan base, but their expectations were a lot higher than to be 3-3. Three and three. Just to be 500 after six weeks is not good enough for these guys. And again, facing a tough Denver team that, sure, it's in Cleveland, but when you're this beat up, I mean, they're missing both their starting tackles. Uh, OBJ, I believe, is out. I believe Jadavion Clowney is out. I know Baker Mayfield is out. Jarvis Landry, I believe, is designated to return from IR, but who knows if he's going to be 100%. So again, these guys are just beat up on all sides of the ball. Um, oh, I didn't even mention both their starting running backs. As we know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are both out. Uh, I, I believe it's uh, Dearness Johnson getting the start this week, and Honestly, he's just not the best prospect. I would expect Demetric Felton to steal some touches from him just because I like Felton a lot more as a prospect. Who knows how they've improved since a lot of these stats were taken. But I know that uh, I'm mixing up their names. I know that Johnson didn't run a very good time in the 40 at all. He just had a lot of average metrics, I'd like to say. I believe he was playing in the AAF not too long ago, if I'm not mistaken. So again, just don't love what I'm seeing there. I'm not saying that this is gonna... Oh, this game is in Denver. I'm sorry. I believe earlier I said it was in Cleveland, but now that I'm looking here, I actually wrote that that this game is in Denver, which obviously should help Denver a lot. And I think that's gonna play into their hands very well. I believe this game is a two-point spread right now with the Browns being favored. And again, this is not a game I would go near betting-wise. I just, I really don't know what's gonna happen here. I love the Browns coaching staff. I love the game plans they get together each and every single week. But when you're this beat up and the personnel is just that unfamiliar, I'm just really not sure what to expect here. And again, it's a team, or excuse me, it's a win that both of these teams need extremely desperately if they want to keep up with their division rivals. Moving on to the next game you guys should look out for, and maybe a game that's too ma not too many of you guys are going to be watching, simply because I don't think it's going to be very close, but it's definitely worth mentioning. It's the Rams versus Detroit. Obviously, a lot of us already know that Jared Goff is coming back to LA this week. We've seen his press conferences about him where he's saying it's not going to let him affect him. He's saying that it's just another game to him. Um, one, that's bullshit. Two... He is going to be feeling the pressure, I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you he's going to get some reminiscing of coming back to L.A. I guarantee you he probably misses L.A. because, you know, going from Hollywood to Detroit is not exactly the best move, especially when he went to Cal uh, in college, which obviously is not Los Angeles, but he's still a California dude. Um, and I just think that there's a lot of storylines to pay attention to here. I think McVay and the Rams are going to try and flex all their muscles in this game. I really going to think they're going to do their best just to rub it in Goff's face of what he's missing out on, how much better they are now that they don't have him. And I think that on the flip side, excuse me, excuse me. I think on the flip side, I think uh, that Stafford may have the best statistical day he's had yet as a Ram, just because we know how putrid this Lions defense is. Uh, we know that he's obviously had huge games already. I'm not saying that it's going to be his best game as a whole. I'm just saying statistically, I think he'll have his best game. I still think his best game so far was that game against the Bucks, purely because that was just the biggest win he's had yet. And his stats were great as well. Um, but I think he might just end up with a perfect passer rating. Um, again, maybe this game won't be in too entertaining to watch because these teams are just entirely on different levels right now. 
But I think Rams fans will be very pleased. I think Sean McVay will be very pleased. And I think that the Rams are just going to get a kick out of, you know, kicking the crap out of their old quarterback, if I'm being completely frank. Moving on to the final matchup that I really like today. This is actually not a matchup between two teams, but more a player and the defensive side of the ball. Of course, I am talking about Tua Tungavailoa versus the Falcons defense. As I'm sure a lot of you guys have know already, the Deshaun Watson trade rumors have caught fire recently. They have been in the works. Apparently, Miami is trying to create a deal for Deshaun Watson. I have no details of what is going into that deal, what Houston might get out of it, what Miami is going to get back from them. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Watson's one of the parts, but I don't know if there's a multi-part pa multi package there. I don't really know most of the details. I haven't been paying too much attention to it purely because I'll hear it when I hear it and also I, I expect him to be suspended for at least a few games um, I don't even know what's going on with his court cases right now it's just I'm very focused on football side of the ball if you guys can't tell I haven't talked very much about John Gruden I haven't talked very much about the Washington football team and what's going on with their emails and I haven't talked about Deshaun Watson I like to keep it about the sport here but regardless when sport meets this weird what I'm trying to say is now that there's trade rumors coming up, this has to be addressed. Uh, Watson's trade rumors are catching steam, obviously, and Tua really needs to establish himself, long story short. This game against a really bad Falcons defense, and this is just a huge show yourself, show Miami's front office what they'd be letting go of if they bring in Deshaun Watson. Show Miami's front office why they'd be making a mistake going to get Deshaun, and it's, I think it's just so important, particularly this week, after getting honestly embarrassed by the Jacksonville's defense and Jacksonville's team as a whole. I know that Tua was missing a lot of his weapons right now, and this Dolphins team just overall isn't very great right now. But he's still, there's ways you can blame Tua for that loss. He threw a really awful pick, for example, and he just... The fact that you lost to a team that had the longest active losing streak in the NFL, regardless of the weapons, regardless of how your team was playing, that is something you can never take back now. That is something that the, I'm sure Miami's front office is fully aware of, and I'm sure they're holding that against him. And as they should, I mean, Tua has not been perfect by any means so far. He has not looked like the prospects a lot of us were expecting him to be when he was coming out of Alabama. So again, Tua really needs to show Miami's front office something in this game, or else Deshaun Watson may end up being a Miami Dolphin sooner rather than later. Awesome. So with all that being said, with all those matchups to look out for, guys, we're going to jump straight into my best bets this week. There are two bets that I'm feeling really confident about. The third, I'm feeling a little less confident about, but I'm still taking it. I'm still sharing it with you guys, and I'm wishing you guys the best if you do have to, if you do choose to take these bets. My first bet I'm going to go with is, I think a bet a lot of you guys could probably guess that I'd be taking, and I'm going to be taking the Colts at the Niners I'm gonna be taking the Colts straight up to win this game as you guys know I'm not a very big believer in the 49ers at all I think they have a lot of problems on their roster particularly in the secondary but of course it all starts at the quarterback uh, whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy G I really don't think it matters I just think that neither of them can be trusted and neither of them are gonna 
execute at a high level against this Colts defense that I think is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. I mean, they have studs all over the field. Sure, they have a weaker secondary. They have some lackluster corners that teams tend to take advantage of. But if I'm being completely honest, if you don't have elite quarterback play, or not even elite, if you don't have above average quarter play, I don't really think you can exploit that just because I think the Colts are well coached enough that those weaknesses won't really show through, especially because they play a lot of that cover three cover four zone seattle scheme type ball so there's not they're not really going to be in a whole lot of man anyways so again it's just as we know it's a matchup league i don't think they match up very well with them and this colts team i think is just a lot better than their record suggests if i'm being completely honest i think they've really proved that the last three weeks as well they beat miami very handedly that was a very easy win for them to get uh they barely lost to the ravens as we know and that honestly that came down to a coin flip in overtime when Lamar was just red hot. Who knows if they end up with the ball first in that overtime, they might just go down the field and win. Um, and again, that was just a red hot Lamar Jackson. So all the momentum was going his way and he really just used that and rolled with it. And as we know, last week they kicked the shit out of the Texans, which honestly good teams should do. We've seen really good teams just kick the snot out of really bad teams. And I'm not saying that the Colts are a really good team or anything. I just think they're a lot better than their record suggests. And I think that they're a lot better than people are giving them credit for. That's all. The Colts are getting healthier. And Carson's also playing pretty good ball. I don't love everything about Carson Wentz's game. But there's still a lot to like. I mean, he threw for over 400 yards against the Ravens. He looked really sharp in that game. He played very well against the Texans. Had a couple deep balls. T.Y. Hilton looks like he was getting back in his groove. He looked like himself. Um, so again, I just think there's a lot to like with the Colts here. And there's a lot I don't trust with the Niners here. So with all that being said, and with all my Niners viewers wanting to yank my head off, we're going to go Colts 24-20. to 20. Next, this is a game that I've been talking about. Honestly, I talked about it last week, I think. I think I talked about this race. Um, and I talked about how Cincinnati could seriously give Baltimore a run for its money in, in this division. And I had no idea that they were playing each other this week when I was saying all of that. So this is amazing. What a great matchup for us to review and go over. And now it's one of my best bets. So I'm really happy to talk about it. Uh, I think the Ravens are due for a little correction. I think the Bengals are practically clicking on all cylinders so again it's just trying to catch teams trending in the right direction obviously you guys might be saying like oh well the the ravens just kicked the snot out of the chargers but it's a lot of those times when the teams have very big emotional wins that they can kind of come back down to earth a little bit because they let their emotions ride too high obviously we saw this last year with the cardinals after the hale murray game and yes this is two completely different teams this is just an example i'm trying to use to explain my point after the Hale Murray pick, or excuse me, Hale Murray uh, game over Buffalo, where they won in their home, they kind of fluttered towards the end of the year and kind of fell off pretty hard. I'm not saying that I think the Ravens are just gonna abandon ship the rest of the year and they're not gonna be a serious contender in the AFC because I think they will be. I'm just saying that maybe this emotional win over the Chargers, maybe this absolute ass whooping, kind of comes up to catch up with them, and. It's definitely a game of matchups, as 
you guys always hear me say and i don't think baltimore matches up particularly well with the Bengals. so let me explain this sure i think the ball that baltimore's run offense can be effective in this game but since he has had consistent plays out of burrow and chase as we know so even if the Ravens find effective ways to drain the clock, keep Burrow on the sideline. It only takes one play over the top to Jamar Chase, and then next thing you know, Cincinnati's right back in the game. They've scored a touchdown in two minutes when the Ravens took eight minutes off the clock. So again, that's not too great of a matchup there. I also think, as we know, Marlon Humphrey is a serious lockdown number one corner, but when you have Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. I mean, you can't, you just can't cover all those guys. And as we saw, especially in that Colts game, when you're not targeting Marlon Humphrey, those cornerbacks are very susceptible to big plays. We saw Michael Pittman take a ball right over Damon Arnett's head. And obviously that, that may not happen again. But what I'm trying to say is I think Jamar Chase is far better than Michael Pittman right now. And I think that Overall, I just think that Cincinnati's weapons are far better than the Colts right now, and they seriously gave them a run for money. And sure, you can make different arguments that maybe, you know, the Colts had a little flukiness that game. Jonathan Taylor played an absolutely amazing game. But you can't tell me that Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, C.J. Uzama, those all those guys don't match up very well with this Ravens team, at least in my opinion. Uh, sure, a lot of you guys were trying to say that about the Chargers last week, but the Chargers have a very different offense. They just don't nearly have the run game, in my opinion, that Cincinnati has. And that's nothing against the Chargers running backs because they have, as we know, they I love their running backs. Austin Eckler is one of my favorite players in the league because, sure, I know him, but purely because he's just electric. But they really need to establish that passing game first before they can start running the ball. In my opinion, they're a pass-first offense. Not saying that the Bengals aren't, but it's just a little bit different of a matchup here. I think I'm digging myself a hole that's too deep and probably over-explaining myself. So let's just focus on what's at hand. I think the Bengals' pass rush should be able to get going this week and get going often. Uh, particularly with Ronnie Staley or Stanley, excuse me, out for the season. He's getting season-ending season ankle surgery. Couldn't get that out of my mouth. I think Trey Henderson is going to be able to be effective in this game. As we know, the Bengals' D-line is playing a lot better football than they were last year. They're actually doing pretty well stopping the run. And for all the other matchups that I already stated and over-explained quite a bit, I think that, sure, the Ravens hang around, and I still think they find a way to squeak out the win. But six points seems far too generous for me right now against the Cincy team that could seriously give Baltimore runs for its money in this division, as I've already said. So give me the Ravens 26, or excuse me, giving the Ravens 27 to 26. Ravens to win, Bengals to cover. And I think this is going to be a seriously entertaining game if you guys have the time to watch this one. I don't remember exactly what time it is, but give it a watch if you can because I think this is going to be a serious just this could have huge implications one in the afc north race obviously but two i think if the Bengals can pull out this win look out everyone's got to start respecting the Bengals. as we know i'm very high on them i talked about them last week about how they should be getting more respect i mean i believe versus man coverage right now joe burrow's like first in completion percentage first in yards per attempt and as we know, the Ravens like to play their man. 
And as previously stated, Marlon Humphrey can't cover all those weapons. So again, it's a league of matchups. And I think Cincinnati just matches up very well with Baltimore right now to conclude everything. All right, I talked about that game for way too long, so let's move on to this last game, my last best bet. This one pains me to talk about, but honestly, it's true, and there weren't a whole lot of bets that I was really comfortable taking this this week, and if I was going to have any third, it was going to be this one. Let's talk about the Buccaneers versus my Chicago Bears. I, I, I don't know where to start. Um, I'll say the Bears' pass rush has been great, but I think they won't be able to win this game for him. Uh, additionally, the Bears' rush defense deserves a lot of credit. They're seventh against the rush in yards per game. Their passing defense is very much average, though. They're literally 16th in the league, so dead average. I just haven't nearly seen enough from the Bears' offense. Uh, if the Bucks, even if the Bucks are a little beat up, even if the Bucks have a lot of their secondary that's not on the field i just don't think it matters just because this bears passing offense is so unestablished they had that one splash game against the lions where even then they didn't ask justin to do a whole lot at all and brady's just playing so lights out that i just think it's gonna get ugly and i think brady's just absolutely gonna carve us up i also think brady's still thinking about that forgotten fourth down, fifth down, whatever that weird fluky play was last year that allowed the Bears to beat his Buccaneers. Um, I think he's going to remember that. I think that's going to tick him off. And again, when someone's this ultra competitive, when someone's just this level of greatness, you can't give them any sort of extra motivation because they're just going to take it and fucking run with it. And I think he's going to take this and run with it. But beyond that, I mean, as we know, as I've stated the last three or four games it's excuse me it is a matchup league and the bears just don't they don't match up very well with with the bucks at all um the bucks or the excuse me the bears are very focused on establishing the run and letting the pass game work off of it as you know as all of you guys know i've talked about this for a few weeks in a row uh they like to run the shit out of the ball so they face more stacked boxes so they can get more open passing lanes down the field they also like to run the ball so they can work off boots and play action and quick balls uh but the thing is the bucks are very 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 good at stopping the run i mean like historically good like they've the past three years have been that's been their thing that's been their bread and butter they just want you to throw the ball they force you to throw the ball and obviously it's a little harder to play that style of football now that they don't have a lot of their dbs but as we know the bears passing offense just hasn't showed us much of anything at all also as we know i've been very frustrated with the bears defensive back plays particularly with their safety play i think it's been really awful outside of jalen johnson we just don't have a lot of DBs that are really established right now and can really, I just are true ballers. And again, as we know, the Bucks' weapons are just dumb. They got three all pros. They got two tight ends that can gash you. Um, they got great running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield, even if the Bears can slow down their rushing offense. So it's just a very bad outlook for the Bears. And I think this is going to get really, really ugly I also wanted to talk about this game a little bit because I don't want you guys thinking I'm just a biased, naive Bears fan that's never going to pick against my Bears, uh, that's never going to admit when we have problems, that's never going to say that 
you know, Tom, we beat Tom Brady last year so we can beat him again because I don't believe any of that bullshit. I think the Bears are maybe a little bit better than people think they are, but at the same time, it, you guys have heard me say this a thousand times, I feel like our schedule is just so brutal that we're not going to be very good this year and we're not going to finish with a very high record. And unfortunately, the Giants are going to get a pretty high draft pick from us, but that's okay. To conclude everything, to jump to the score, I think the Bucks are going to win 31-13. Yikes. That is very much comfortably covering the spread of 12.5 points. And hey, if there's one best bet I hope I'm wrong on, I hope it's this one, as we all can assume. I hope that the Bears somehow do what they did last year and just steal a win from these guys. But I just cannot see this happening, especially being in Tampa Bay, especially with the extra motivation that Tom Brady has, and especially just the matchups that we lack and the matchups that are really bad leaning the Bears way. So with all that being said, that is going to be it for this week's episode. Before I head off, I do have one more thing to say to you guys. I'm going to be making a YouTube channel. I'm going to be ordering a nice camera soon. I'm going to get a nice setup for it. Um, I don't know if I'm just going to make my own personal bedroom, my studio, or if I'm going to record somewhere else, I'm going to figure that out in the meantime, but I'm going to start uploading these on YouTube and I'm going to do it. So all my individual segments are going to be short videos because as I've mentioned before, people have no attention span these days. And I think that's the best way to bring in viewership. Uh, I just think I got to separate these out more. Hopefully they will be like eight to 10 minute YouTube clips and I'll be uploading those as I upload my podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So expect to tune into that. I'll drop a link for that either in one of the descriptions of my pod or on my Instagram. Just make sure to stay tuned for that and share that with your friends. It really mean a lot to me if you guys can, you know, watch that and hopefully it makes these a little more entertaining for you guys because then you can see my face, you can see my expressions and maybe I'll even get some editing and some graphics on the screen. And I don't know. We'll, we'll just see. Again, I'm as, as you guys know, and as I've said 100,000 times, I'm testing the waters of this. I'm just trying to figure out what, I, what works, what doesn't work, what you guys like, what brings me the most viewers. So again, I'm going to get a camera. I'm going to open up a YouTube channel. That's all that matters for now. And we'll figure out the rest later. Thank you guys so much for listening to this pod again. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I hope that you guys take my best bets and I hope they hit. Um, but again, I hope I'm wrong about my Bucks Bears best bet. I don't even care about my reputation. I don't care about my record for the best bets. I'd much rather see. Actually, no, I wouldn't though. Because the thing is, it's 12 and a half points. So I could see the Bears covering that, but they're still going to lose. And then it's just a lose-lose. So I either want the Bucks to cover or the Bears to win straight up. No, None of that in-between bullshit, because then I'd just be extremely annoyed. All right, I'm ranting. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you guys on Tuesday, and enjoy the games this Sunday. Peace out.